0: Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and thanks for tuning in to my podcast. Today I want to talk about no rate, how to fix it and why it happens. Um, First of all, there's a, a cute saying that I heard from Martha Josie many years ago in the 90s that all go and no woe is no fun and I couldn't agree more. So oftentimes when we have no rate on a horse, we have to go back and look at a lot of things in our fundamentals, our foundation. Um, First of all, a horse that starts to lose rate could be sore in the hocks or the back or or areas like that. So you wanna definitely um, take a look at that, make sure your horse is not sore. Uh, Oftentimes when people have no rate, their immediate response is to get a bigger bit with leverage or a tie down. Um, feeling that they're going to get more control. But I can tell you I've seen horses run through huge bits and huge tie downs and very severe equipment. So to me it's not about a bigger bit but a bit more knowledge and connecting to that horse's brain. And you'll hear me say that all the time. You can't get get control of the feet unless you get connection to the mind. So with that said I would go back during the week after I made sure my horse was feeling good and I would see if I had a loose rein woe can I um, you know walk the entire arena sit put my hand down on the withers exhale take my leg off say whoa and my horse stops Um, can I do that again if it does it great at a walk can I do it from a post trot to a loose rein woe a lope straight line and circle to a loose rein woe. if I can't then I already see that my brakes are not working so if my horse does not woe when I sit exhale and say the magic word I'm gonna put my pick my hands up add my leg and my voice and back them up a few steps straight um, you know three to five steps and if um If they continue to do that, meanwhile, they're getting uh, worked on their backing, which gets them to round their top line and probably uh, face flex vertically, as well as um, get their hindquarters up under them and start thinking, get on my booty and back off every time she says, whoa, I need to back up. So eventually, through enough repetition, they will start doing it. Another thing you need to see is if you have vertical flexion can you at a standstill get your horse to break in the pole softly to pinky pressure in an o-ring and split reins or a side pull an s hack or something extremely light and um, split reins at pinky pressure can they break in the pole vertically at a standstill a walk a trot and a lope if your face is not broke it's going to be real hard to get collection and rate on a horse so it all starts from having a horse that's soft and broken the face. So I would start there. Uh, I would start with making sure I had a loose rein woe. If I didn't have control of those hind end, I would be doing hind end disengaging. I might do some uh, rollbacks. I might do some side passing. Uh, again, backing straight lines and circles are all really good. I'd also be working on that face vertically. I'd also add some Uh, leg laterals laterally? Can I get their face left and right softly? Can I pick up that shoulder and move it over? Anytime you make a lateral movement, you're gonna automatically slow down a hair. Anyways, so uh, I might do giant X's through my arena or invisible pole bending and just work on a nice, big, pretty two track, you know, get a lot of nose and shoulder and front feet and back feet are on different tracks and um, make sure my horse is soft and light. I want to be able to get my horse to do things from pinky, not two fingers, not ring finger, middle finger, pointing finger. I certainly don't want to have to get to my wrist or moving my elbows back. Um, to have control of my horse. Again, I wanna use give and take pressure. I wanna ask them to do something, release and trust them to do it. If they don't, then I'll ask again and I'll continue with this exercise until they are doing what I've asked without me micromanaging, without me having constant pressure and always again using give and take. Anytime you keep constant pull or pressure on a horse, they're just gonna depend on it, they're gonna lean into it, they're gonna pull away from it, Um, they're gonna push harder on you, they're gonna dump harder on their front end than their hind end, they're gonna root their hands, I mean root on your hands and get their nose out in front of them. It just leads to a whole lot of undesirable things and definitely not going to help you with rate on your barrels. So once my dry work was good, I would do some drills for rate. I might uh, work the D pattern, big and small D, because I'm going to rate before I get to the barrel. And then I'm going to be collected as I go around the barrel. And then I'm going to extend out of the barrel. And set it up pretty big. Set it up, you know, with the cones 60 feet from the barrel. And that gives you, you know, a good uh, two strides of rate before you get to the barrel. You know, you can have your cones 30 to 60 feet away. That way you're, you know, it just depends on whatever room you have available to you in your arena or your pasture where you're working. Um, but the goal is to collect and to slow as you approach the barrel and to stay collected as you go around the barrel. So, um, after that, you want to have a little bit of extension out. If you're on a hot horse, you're not going to want much go out. If you're on a laid back horse, you could have a little bit more go out, but the idea is that they end calmer than you begin. So you want to make sure that everything, um, is to the bigger, you know, the bigger journey of getting that horse's brain connected to you, uh, the bigger goal. So, Uh, The Big D, Little D is good for that. Um, Single Barrel would be good for that. Spirals is wonderful for getting collection on a horse where they start to rate off of your body and um, collect as the circle gets smaller, but keep that fluidity and not break down, not rush it. And then once you've done enough drills and you feel like your dry work and your drills look good, I take them back to the barrels i would go from the alleyway to first and um at a walk and when i get where the tracks cross i'm going to sit exhale say the magic word put my rein down on their mane and say whoa if they stop i'm going to rest and pet if they don't i'm going to back up and i'm going to repeat that only walk around the barrel by the way and have good form do your perfect pockets that you would in a competition always even at a walk ride your horse like you were at a run for muscle memory for both of you, and repeat that at second and third. And then if I'm gonna go, um, let's say I only have a first barrel issue. Second and third, they're rating nicely. So let's say I post-trot to first sit and say whoa, and they don't stop, okay? So I pick up my hands, you know, this is loose rein whoa. Remember, hand goes down on that mane. you don't have any rein pressure. You just sit, exhale, take your leg off, say whoa and they don't whoa. I'm gonna go ahead and pick up my hands, add my voice and my leg, and ask them to back up as I sit deeper in the saddle. Ask them to back a couple steps, but this time I'm gonna roll back away from first barrel. So if the first barrel is right, I'm gonna roll back left. I'm gonna go back to the alleyway at the same speed I approach the barrel. So if I'm trotting, I'll trot back to the alleyway. I'm gonna stop, loose rainbow hopefully, If they don't, I'm going to back them up a couple steps, exhale, think about it. Then I'm going to roll back to the right again. I'm going to trot to that first brow. I'm going to repeat that until they stop on a loose rein. Just keep roll backing, back and forth, back and forth until they actually stop. When they do, I'm going to make a big fuss, pet them, rest them. I, I like to put the hind in instead of the front end of a horse that doesn't have rate because it gets me sitting back in the saddle and it, and it, it's more like being in a recliner you're more relaxed and you're in the hind end which we want to get the horse focused on now remember when you back up you also want them to give vertically so that you're breaking in the pole rounding the top line so they can get their hind quarters underneath them so um, this goes back to you should have already done your dry work for that that's why we don't go to the barrels until we know our dry work and drills are correct okay so once that feels good, then I might repeat it on second and third. If second and third aren't a problem, I'm just going to walk to second and third and be done. Um, but I, I just address the one barrel that I have an issue at. So you don't always have to work. If you, if you have a rate issue at first and third, you can do that at first and third and just be smooth at second, or you can work all three barrels for rate. All of my training is never gonna be cookie cutter it's gonna be based on the individual horse because sometimes you have a horse that just needs raid on one barrel and not the others um, sometimes you have a horse that needs raid on every barrel so you don't want to do for one horse what you would do for another because they're never going to be identical twins each one's gonna be a little bit different and that's where it takes Um, horsemanship and relationship building to really know a horse and what works better for them. Some horses do better with collection extension work. Some horses do better with more quiet slow rides and just collection work. Um, Some horses need the uh, training of their emotional control up and down. And so again, as you're learning, that's why it's so important to work with a coach because they can help you avoid hot spots and bad habits. So, um, you know, a lot of times horses shoulder barrels for that very reason of anticipation, that's where in and outs would come in handy, but a horse that's maybe, um, turning too soon, the anticipation, um, is caused probably by rider and then it's, um, then it flows into the horse. So straighter longer is better. So again, I wouldn't train And and drill the same for anybody. I would mix it up. And same with the rate. Uh, If I had no rate, I would look at it as an individual thing. Is the rider not sitting deep in their turns? In competition, this is another thing that you have to look at. Why is it happening? Is the rider sitting too late? Maybe the rider is not sitting at all and just pulling back. Maybe the rider's sitting but not doing a two hand rein check to set the horse on the butt maybe the horse the horse um the rider is just sending them and um asking with their body and their reins too late um, maybe they need to ask for it sooner. So there's a lot of things that can cause rate issues in rider cues. One, not sitting. And when I say sit, I mean, let your hind, your hind, your hinded, let your, um, <laughs> the, the let's see, what's the best way to say this? Let your seat, the, your pockets, um, like your pockets of your pants really sit deep, um, you know, where you soften your ribs into your hips and really try to think of pushing your butt down into the saddle um, whether it be to the back of the saddle or down in the saddle, what feels most comfortable to you, um, and just really take those legs off. You know, you can kind of um, a lot of a lot of times with horses, just loosening your legs in your stirrups and your calves and thighs can feel feel loose to them and by taking that leg off that will get you that rate. Now if you're on a horse that has a ton of rate and you sit down and take your leg off they're gonna stop and you don't want that. So with that kind of horse a horse that has too much rate you sit but you keep a little leg on that means collect collect but keep forward but with a horse with no rate you're gonna really relax your legs and your feet in those stirrups and that makes a big difference. So by sitting deep, sitting on your pockets, softening your ribs into your uh, hips and um, even letting your shoulders come back a little bit on those really hard running horses, um, that's going to really say, hey, rate, whether you sit deeper, sit back a little bit more with your hips and shoulders. Um, But the hands are really important here too. When you sit, maybe you're going to sit three strides out and then you're gonna exhale, and you're gonna take your legs off, and you're gonna do a two-hand check and say, whoa. So that way, by the time there's two strides out, they're responding. But if you ask two strides out, they're not gonna respond until they're one stride out, and now you've gotten by the barrel one stride if they did respond. And with some horses, you have to sit three strides out, Bump two strides out with two hands and then maybe bump one hand at one stride out or bump one hand when you get to spot one to help them start that turn. And then maybe give it back to them with your hand as you're looking at spot two. And then as you get to spot three, you're going to bump with your inside hand, look around for your next barrel's pocket, turn your inside hip and shoulder and apply your outside leg. And that's going to help you finish that barrel. And that's another added addition to it. We always wanna sit square for rate, but when we get in the turn with a horse that needs more rate and turn, you're gonna probably start turning your inside shoulder and hip more and sooner than you would on a horse that turns on their own. And you may do more inside hand checks with outside leg bumps. And that may happen as early as spot two to spot three with that horse. Sit through the entire turn, start to look around between spot two and spot three, bump with your inside hand your outside leg turn your inside um, hip and shoulder and all of those things will help with that rate in that turn so that would be a good tune up and you can do that at a walk trot and a lope always stop where the tracks cross and again on a loose range stop and pet If they don't do it, back them up, and only walk around the barrel because we're trying to promote relax in the turns. I've always trained with my program, and it is an entire program. You cannot be successful with my program if you only do one piece of it. You have to do all parts of it, from the dry work to the drills to the barrel training to the to the seasoning to the adding speed to the hauling exposure. All of that. It all matters. from connection to relationship building, it it's all a part of the program and all the pieces have to come together for it to work. It's like a giant puzzle and you want to have a completed puzzle when you're all done with that, that horse of yours and you have that relationship and those results and performance that you were hoping for. So um, with that said, you have to really analyze, is it a rider cue? Is it my horse is charging? And anytime you feel a horse charging into a turn and stalling out and, and lazy out, that's a total opposite of my program. My horses, I want them relaxing and thinking relax and easy in and hurry out and have fun running out and that is a big part of it too you want easy and hurry out sometimes when a horse is charging in it's because they're hurting and they want to get it over with Um, sometimes a horse is charging in because you've over pressured them or added speed before they were ready but anytime a horse charges in and stalls out you've got to switch things up and just that one simple Um, drill of transitions can change that for you so always slow down one speed you don't even have to stop on this kind of horse the charging in horse you want to make it more of a fluid relaxing situation so you might post trot to the barrel and start to sit about three strides out and sit jog two strides out and jog around the barrel post trot out sit jog around post trot out sit jog around same thing at the lope you may um, let them lope a little bit higher lope as they leave the alleyway but slow lope in higher lope as they leave the barrel but slow lope in and repeat that and don't let them run home you can turn them off at third over finish and just do a no stop no start routine when you're practicing rather than going home straight i only go home straight if i'm teaching a baby the pattern and I always go the same speed that I went to the first barrel is the same speed I would come home because you don't want them to think that as soon as they turn third barrel it's over with we still have to get to the timers so now on a horse that's competing novice or open they know how to run home from third to the timers so that horse you can turn off of third and you can do more of a no stop no start to prevent hot spots and to do things in sets of three remember horse Horses learn in sets of three. So if my horse is perfect on the first one or the second one, I'm gonna quit and move on to something else. But if by the third one I'm I should have my consistency that I'm looking for, but if I don't, I'm not gonna keep drilling because A, they get tired and B they quit trying. So if on the third one it's still not where I want it, I'm going to slow down a speed or break it down into more pieces. So that's something to consider when you're building a relationship with your horse and you're trying to have an end result of a happy horse that loves its job. So you don't ever want a desired um desire dread into your horse you want to desire want to in your horse so again i hope that gives you some ideas on how to handle a horse that has no rate why it happens and how to fix it so thanks for tuning in and as always ride with heart